This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we discuss the latest NetApp Service Level Manager release and how it helps you implement your very own next generation data center. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi and Sully the Monster. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the studio today with some folks on the phone to discuss NetApp Service Level Manager. Uh, So let's start with Yossi Weiss. Yossi, what do you do here at NetApp and how can we reach you? Hey, Justin, good morning. So uh, Yossi Weiss here. I'm a product manager based out of our Waltham, Massachusetts office, and you can reach me on LinkedIn. My profile is jweiss, W-E-I-H-S. All right, and we also have Nagananda Anor. Hi, Nagananda. Hi, Justin. Good morning. Um, yeah, my name is Naga Anor. I'm the product manager for NetApp Service Level Manager product. I'm based in Bangalore. Okay, so um, we kind of have an idea of what we're going to talk about today. Let's talk about why we're here. So what's the impetus behind us being here today to talk about NetApp Service Level Manager? Is there anything new coming? Yeah. So, yeah, it's all good news. Uh, NetApp Service Level Manager, in short, we call NSLM. Uh, now it's generally available. Uh, we released NSLM 1.0 GA version uh, in mid-March. So the customers and partners are looking to build uh, the private cloud and storage as a service offering should check out NSLM 1.0 GA. You should reach out to you know if you have already NetApp account. You should uh, you know, try to download and explore the product. If not, you should reach out to NetApp partners and your NetApp contact. Okay, so I, I understand we have a new release, but let's back up a little bit and let's talk about what it is. So, Yossi, could you give us kind of a high-level overview of what NSLM is? Yeah, thanks, Justin. So, NSLM is uh, is really a product that's come out of a need that we've recognized in the field. Um, so, we've been running these uh, service design workshops to help our customers design storage services and operate like a private cloud. And that's been going on for a good number of years now. And what we've realized is that uh, we end up doing pretty much very similar things at, during the implementation phase after we've designed the services. And what we've taken is, you know, all these, all the things that are standard that we find are most customers sharing and standardizing, and turn those into a product. Um, Naga has been instrumental in the last couple of years in sort of working out all of the details of transitioning from a professional services engagement into a product that a customer can deploy easily. Um, Naga, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, one, 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 one more point that, right, one is, um, you, know, you asked Justin, you know, what prompted us to build this product? Uh, apart from what uh, Yossi mentioned, uh, the two significant issues uh, that, you know, that surfaced when we, when we spoke to our customers. The one is, you know, they're trying to balance between performance, cost, and uh, service agility. So these are the challenges they, they, they would like to, they, they're trying to address. So it's about delivering storage services with predictable performance at right cost points and in a timely manner. Uh, that's one of the drivers. This is one of the reasons why SCW is trying to go after this, this standardization process. 
And then the second aspect, which is very important, is uh, need to reduce cost and uh, increase the utilization. So this is uh, this is primarily driven off of the IT budgets that enterprises have there at their disposable disposal, and um, and uh, service providers uh, their uh, competitive cost pressures. So these are the two drivers. One is uh, be able to deliver uh, services in a timely manner at the right cost point, and also reduce the um, reduce the cost and uh, increase the utilization of their infrastructure. So these are the primary drivers behind SUW. Like your side, the NSLM product uh, uh, does a good job in implementing some of those service design workshop principle and productizes that. So it, it, just to give you what exactly NSLM does, actually provides a, an automation framework that simplifies the storage consumption to start with, and it enables uh, service creation activation with minimal human intervention. This is one of the primary drivers for reducing your operational expenses and in, in a typical uh, storage operation, right? So just to get into details, right, it allows uh, storage providers to establish the service levels, like what we call, uh, you know, generally people call service catalogs, and uh, product is shipped with some predefined service catalogs, and customer can always customize it. And then a consumer request can just come against the service catalog. That's the uh, simplicity, you know, give me 100 GB of extreme performance of type block. So you should be able to consume storage with that simple statement or with a simple API call. So that's the um, kind of a detail and simplicity that NSLM provides. And uh, the second part of that, uh, the product detail, is the intelligence that the product comes with. So it's a, it's a data center-wide uh, visibility into the resources, and NSLM can uh, automatically pick the right set of resources to provision uh, the request. So these are the two drivers that simplifies the way you consume storage and also reduce your operational expenses and get the best out of your platform. All these things are baked into a GA, GA version of the product that we released in mid-March. Okay. And we discussed uh, NSLM on episode 81 of the podcast in a little more detail, so if you want to check that out, feel free. Um, but I do want to ask, how is this deployed? I mean, is it an appliance or is it a virtual machine? Like, how are, how are customers consuming this? Uh, today, it's... Uh, uh, it's a machine. It's, a, it's available in Red Hat and CentOS, so you can install it on a VM or you can install it on a physical server. So these two are the variants available today. Okay. So basically it's a virtual machine that you can roll out via an ISO or an OVA file, right? Yeah. Uh, no, not an OVA file yet, but it's uh, just, just an ISO. Okay, cool. So it may, maybe eventually an OVA file, which I think would even further simplify the overall deployment of this. Yes, it does. Okay, so how would you license this product? I mean, how do how do people get a hold of it? Uh, NSLM by default, you can you know download the product, play around with it. It ships with uh, 200 terabytes of uh, evaluations license key with it, and it's good for 90 days. And beyond that, uh, customer has to purchase a license, and it is licensed based on raw capacity. Uh, it's a very simple metric. Uh, some of all your draw disks. Uh, you just sum up some those and you purchase license against those. And if you want to expand that capacity, you just add new licenses and that's non-disruptive, right? Yes. Yeah, just mm, exactly. You purchase license, it's an uh, incremental one and completely non-disruptive. And in what chunks do we get these licenses in? And is it like 100 terabyte chunks or 10 terabytes or is it customizable? It's ex excellent question. Actually, you know what? There are no limits. Actually, uh, even though we say uh, terabyte, you can always buy it in, in any number. So 
it's fairly simple and easy to purchase. No chunks. What is, what is the charge model? I mean, you, I'm guessing you charge on a per terabyte basis. Is, is it yes. per terabyte? Yeah, per terabyte raw capacity. Okay, cool. So how, how do people consume NSLM? I mean, how are they automating? How are they interacting with it? Uh, the design principles for NSLM is uh, the API-based. Essentially, the primary presentation layer for NSLM is API. So any application that can, uh, or any application or orchestration or any tool that can talk REST or HTTP can consume or can you know, interact with NSLM. So that's the primary driver. So the motivation behind is we expect all our customers, enterprises, and service providers uh, do consume storage through some of the orchestration tools. So NSLM nicely, seamlessly integrates into the ecosystem with to this API set that it comes with. And what sort of strategy you're looking at? I mean, is there any forward-thinking things we can look at in the future? I mean, is there something you can go into vague detail about? Yeah, sure. Uh, like I said, right, uh, so, uh, since it's a primary, primary consumption model is through API, what it gives us is that it gives enormous simplicity in terms of way NSLM could be integrated into, in, into existing ecosystem. So an example, um, uh, say, say if you're a customer, you're trying to build a, a private cloud or, you know, you have your own service, you, know, you, you have your own storage as a service portal or, uh, or uh, you, are a, you are a DevOps uh, shop and you're trying to consume storage through, uh, for your DevOps use cases. So you ought to be able to consume NetApp storage easily through this API set. And actually, the beauty of these APIs, uh, if you look at it right, it's all platform abstracted APIs. In other words, the consumer of those APIs need not know about platform in detail. For example, like give me 100 GB of extreme performance of type block. So the, you have a minimal platform-specific details expressed uh, in that request. So this kind of an abstracted API set allows us to present our position net apps for various use cases, enterprise consumption, service provider consumption, DevOps uh, use cases. You got to be able to position net app storage for these things because consumption is very easy. And uh, if you look at it strateg strategically, um, uh, if somebody wants to build an infrastructure as a code, you know, you got to be able to bring your infrastructure up and down uh, with a script and behind the scenes, uh, it could be integration with NSLM. And and then all through this REST API that we expose. So on a previous podcast, uh, Octavian Tanase, our senior vice president of ONTAP, let the cat out of the bag, and I'm I'm okay to say this now that he's done it. But um, ONTAP REST APIs are coming soon. Does service level manager tie into that at all? The way we look at this one is yes. Some of some of the REST APIs are coming in the platform. Um, the way we look at this is NSLM is a data center wide uh, tool. Uh, that leverages the platform capabilities. So anything that platform can do, NSLM cannot do any more than what platform can do from a uh, platform capabilities point of view. So our goal is to make sure the capabilities of the platforms are integrated with NSLM. Hence, a northbound application will have a single endpoint to interface with, and then they should be able to interact with all the platforms. So uh, in moving forward, short answer is moving forward, we will look to have these APIs come in together. That way, there are a single entry point across the data center. 
And uh, to add, to add, Naga, to add a bit to that, when you say APIs come together, the goal is to the design goal is to have the API set be as compatible as possible, so that the customer starting out with a single single cluster uses the REST APIs on that cluster. But as they scale out their environment, they transition to service level manager, which provides visibility, you know, load balancing, if you will, other capabilities across all the clusters, all the nodes in their environment, and uh, leverages an API as similar as possible. So the transition, you know, our goal is that the transition is, you know, zero effort. So if I'm a customer that likes the idea of a REST API, but doesn't really know how to consume them or don't have, you know, doesn't have the time to do that, or I'm a smaller shop and I want to use NSLM, but I don't want to have to spend the time, you know, developing something to, to consume those REST APIs. Do we have any sort of thing at NetApp to help them along with that? You know, f- funny you should ask. Um, we we actually have a, a a good number of things out there. Um, let me let me talk about one example here that is actually running internally within NetApp at this point. So we have our our own engineering group, and they are use they have a pretty dynamic environment where they provision you know test and dev instances in the development process for ONTAP itself, and. Um, what we've put in place is a deployment of service level manager that's tied into ServiceNow as an as a service management platform so that when an engineer wants to set up an environment to do some testing they put in a request into serve a take a request ticket into ServiceNow and what used to take days now takes a matter of minutes through that whole in uh, automation. And what we've done beyond that is now productize that integration, if you will, so that we're sharing the actual bits and pieces required to be deployed on the ServiceNow side to have it work seamlessly with Service Level Manager. So is this a service available to people to to implement? Like, can, you know, can I pay for PS time to help me implement this? The answer is yes, definitely. Uh, it's available. You know, you can go prototype it for free. Um, what we've typically seen is that customers um, fall into one of two camps. Either they just want to use something simple out of the box, and that's something where we're exploring other other levels of providing this sort of as a plug-in directly in service now. Not there yet, but definitely considering it. Uh, but you know, the 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 main path right now is take the bits that we've published for how to work with ServiceNow and basically through a PS integration, get get that working optimally for your environment. Okay, so there's already kind of a a process in place. That's good. Um, Naga, is there any sort of external deployments that are going on with this? I know we have an internal deployment. That's great and all, but who's actually using it out in the field as as customers? We have uh, several uh, implementation in place. And one of the large uh, manufacturing uh, companies, let's say, you know, company X, so they have, uh, they're building their next generation data data center, uh, next gen data center, which they purely want to go on, on a SaaS model. And uh, so they explored, you know, they before landed into this model, they did, try, they did explore several things and uh, they did go through service design workshop that UC was talking about in the beginning. So finally, they recognized that, you know, hybrid model is the destination for them. And also, they've recognized that uh, you know they'll spend save lots of money building the private cloud themselves. So they are they have they have an SLM uh, in their labs, and they're you know putting it to, putting through paces for 
exploring all the NSLM capabilities that they could leverage. So, so short answer is, you know, their next generation uh, data center, private cloud is going to be um, built uh, using NSLM. NSLM is one of the key components there. Of course, they will have uh, WFA workflow automation and uh, ServiceNow as their northbound tool to expose the services to their end tenants, and they will have on-command insight for monitoring. So with this, what you will see is that an end user, what the envision is that end user going to this portal, making a request, and the request is flowing through an SLM, like, you know, like, like we talked earlier, right? A REST API comes to an SLM, and then it gets provisioned, and OCI discovers the, uh, the workload that's provisioned, and then you know, it gets reported on it. So you can, you can see almost zero human intervention in the end-to-end -end flow. Only time you see a human being is the time where they go to the service portal and makes a request. So if one ought to be able to build this level of fully integrated automation uh, using some of the tool sets that NetApp has today. So walk me through how this conversation got started, right? Like, what did they come to you with? What was, you know, what did they state their problem was? And what did they ask NetApp to do for them? And, and then how did you go about, you know, positioning an SLM for them? So one is, uh, like, uh, like Yossi said earlier, right? Service design workshops. So people come and come back and say, um, they, they have their existing uh, deployment. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a good example, okay? So one of the service provider we spoke uh, in, uh, in uh, EMEA region, and uh, one, of, one of them was saying that, you know, they have a significant cost pressure or price pressure. They need to reduce the um, price of their offering like 20% uh, every year. 20% every year is almost unimaginable and unsustainable in the long run, right? So what they tell us is that there's absolutely no way their existing model, the way they manage their storage system, the way they do their automation, there's no way they'll be able to sustain that level of price pressure that they face from their competition. So their mantra is, you know, they realize it's automation. So what they come back and say is that, you know, we are looking to automate end-to-end -end minimal human intervention, and we are trying to make sure um, the resources are automatically provisioned, that the workloads are automatically provisioned. Um, there has to be no admin involved in picking the resources. How do we make sure uh, those resources can deliver the performance levels that is required for end customer? And then all these things should come out, you know, it, services should come out in a timely manner, just like a few minutes as opposed to several days. So they come up with these kind of requirements. So once they come and then what we do is that we present, these are the capabilities of NSLM. It allows you to standardize your offering. It gives you a backend and intelligent automation. And not only that, it monitors and regulates for you so that you're in compliance with your SLOs, SLAs. This is, this connects very well with the customers because that's exactly the problem they're trying to face. So it connects very well with them. And in, in addition to that, the API we talked about, uh, the REST API set, the seamless integration into their existing tool set. It's, it's, a, it's a home run, you know, they, that really connects very, very well with them and they quickly get into POC and that's how the whole thing starts. So Yossi, do you have any other examples where we could kind of tout the goodness of NSLM? Yeah, you know, one of the areas that we've been focusing with NSLM is around performance and how do we make performance easy, if you will. Um, so what we hear from a lot of customers is that they want they want to drive really high performance with their storage systems, which we love. 
But the challenge is making that performance predictable and, and if you will, efficient in terms of on the ongoing operations. One of the worst situations is to have a lot of high-performant workloads competing for resources and causing issues and basically requiring you know, people, IT staff, troubleshooting and isolating, et cetera. And that's one of the key benefits with service level managers that it together with the QoS capabilities of the NetApp storage systems of ONTAP, it will actually help make get the environment to be really predictable and drive it so that every workload gets its fair share, but no more than that. And it makes it really simple to do that, right? So no, you know, PhDs required in configuring the environment. It's just baked into how the system works. And I would imagine this is very useful for service providers who have to have specific SLAs. They sell their you know customers you know capacity. They sell them performance, so they have to make sure they have total control over that. And this helps them do that. Oh, definitely. And actually, there's a sort of a hidden benefit here. You know, Naga was previously telling that exper- that example of a customer that is mandated to you know reduce costs twenty percent every year. Well, one of the challenges with that reduction really is identifying where are you bleeding in terms of your costs, right? Because we all know when you provision a whole bunch of workloads, many of them use a lot less than what's actually uh, available, which is great, right? Because it can reduce your, your bottom line cost. But the problem is with uh, with some of the workloads that consume a lot more than that. So by using service level manager and driving towards that um, that predictable performance side, it also sets things up so that um, so that the customer can actually stay in control of the environment and control the workloads that would consume more than they're supposed to. So in a way, it helps control the overall cost in the environment and drive it down. And I imagine this isn't just something that service providers can take advantage of either. I mean, this could be basically applied across any data center, any type of workload, any type of customer. Yes, definitely. And, you, you know, we, we see that working across a lot of traditional workloads. We also see that with some of the more modern workloads. Um, you, you know, Naga, maybe you want to take a minute to introduce um, the uh, plugin. Is it a plugin that we have for Ansible? Or I think it's yeah, actually yeah. something a little more, more yeah, yeah. bigger than just a plugin. Yes, yes, yes. So exactly. So just to add to Yossi's point, right? One is that you know we have built in several integration points uh, that could be used as a starting point, like a starter kit to start off your integration. It could be your enterprise tool or it could be your open source tool. So for enterprise tool, Yossi touched upon ServiceNow. We have also built an integration with the VRealize Orchestrator and HPO and like you know like those tools. However, we do have the open source tools. You know, people do come and tell us, you know, hey, we, we are using Ansible, we are using Puppet. Can we integrate with um, an SLM uh, through, uh, can we integrate with the platform through an SLM? So what we have done is actually, we have done something very unique. If you look at a typical tool like Puppet and Ansible, right? Uh, the, uh, somebody writes a, like a playbook, and playbook is nothing but uh, the list of things, that activity that needs to happen on the platform. And then um, you know there is a, it interacts through something called a module or a provider, right? So a, a, what we generally see is that uh, folks create these modules manually, create these modules, and then they keep it up and running or maintain this module across the releases of Ansible or Puppet or uh, their platforms, right? 
So we have taken a slightly different approach. What we have done is we auto-generate these modules uh, uh, that that consume that goes through NSLM. Essentially, for every version of NSLM, you will see the Puppet and Chef and Terraform modules auto-generated, and so and also a sample playbook. So if somebody would like to use NSLM for their Ansible or Puppet kind of a deployment, uh, they can just use start up with this uh, sample playbook we provide, and uh, then they can start uh, build build using that. And since these modules are auto-generated, you don't have to put any resource in trying to maintain the module across various versions of northbound and southbound tools. They're all auto-generated. It significantly simplifies the way you consume, um, the way you manage the infrastructure through this kind of tool set. And these are available in NetApp Automation Store, uh, or you know, it's also some of the open source tool modules are available in uh, NetApp GitHub as well. So. Um, other than enterprises, uh, even in, we can use in uh, the open source tools could be used as well. In fact, we have done an integration with the Jenkins as well. So some of the DevOps folks who are interested to see how the Jenkins integration is done, do reach out to us. We have a Jenkins integration done through an SLM. And I could basically plug any sort of uh, methodology into this. If I wanted to use containers, I could plug it in there pretty easily, right? Right. So, yeah, any northbound, uh, if you can consume REST or HTTP, you should be able to um, uh, invoke NSLM uh, and uh, consume storage. So I, I recently interviewed some of the uh, people actually on the floor working working within NetApp IT with, our, with service level manager. Um, and we, you know, they shared a very interesting thing um, that they've, you know, they, once they've went beyond the initial implementation and they had things running and, you know, we talk about, well, talked about all the efficiency and, you know, benefits and going down from days to minutes for provisioning and, you know, how many man day, you know, person days saved every month, all that stuff. But then they said, you know, it actually triggered a further conversation between our group and some of the application owners in engineering. So some of the application owners previously wouldn't even engage with us because we weren't agile enough, right? We uh, They knew our response time was in days and weeks and they had urgent things that they just did themselves, sort of a shadow IT organization. And by virtue of deploying service level manager and proving that they could now get things done in a matter of minutes, they were now having a whole bunch of conversations with groups that previously would not engage with IT. And that's a win for everybody, right? IT gets to do more, gets to be more efficient. And, you know, NetApp as an organization gets to be more efficient because we don't duplicate functionality. So, you know, that's a that was, a to me, a surprise that the product, you know, just by virtue of putting it in place, all of a sudden, you know, IT was able to even expand its scope and drive even more efficiency in the organization. So, you know, we have uh, we have a whole bunch of content out there for customers to check out. Um, uh, our go, our call to action is, you know, go explore, try it out, learn about it. There's a lab on demand. There are various resources out there. Um, and, you know, we'd love to hear from people, you know, any sort of all feedback is good and welcome. Can we expect an NSLM presence at Insight this year? Yes, yes, Justin. There, 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 are, there will be an NSLM session uh, in Insight. Uh, and also add to Yossi's point, like, like we talked about it, a several integration kit. So you can, apart from NSLM product, you know, check out the integration kits that are available as well. 
pretty easy to use and you'll find a lot of sample code and integration code as well available for you to explore. Okay, and we'll include, we'll include links to that in the show notes. All right, so uh, Yossi, Naga, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, again, if people want to reach out to you about NSLM, how could they find you? Yossi. Yes, so I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, profile is Jay Weiss, uh, J-W-E-I-H-S. And Naga. Yeah, you, you can reach me through anur at netapp.com. Okay, and uh, we'll include that in the show notes as well. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at NetApp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, or via techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Yossi Weiss and Naga Anor for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.